Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Turn up the radio and sing along. It's time for another great song. This is the Great Song Podcast. Season's greetings and welcome once again to the Great Song Podcast. I'm Rob Alley. I am JP Mosher. And we're here to celebrate the greatest songs in modern music history. We're going to tell you what makes them great, why we think they're awesome, and why you should too. JP, how you doing today, man? Man, I'm doing fantastic. We're coming off an anniversary, a uh, good little little wholesome uh, ditty from last week. We're kind of going the opposite end of the spectrum this week with a little scandalous tune. Yeah. Pretty, pretty psyched about it, little... Little smooth operator, yeah, coming at you. We're, it's it's gonna get it's gonna get real sultry in here. It this is. Week. It's, it's just it's about to get scandalous. Wow. Let's let's go ahead and listen. This is "Smooth Operator" by Sade. I wish I could dance at oh, all. Man. Y'all don't even know the rhythm yeah. that me and Rob have. Man, my hips are swaying. <laughs> we are in swivelly chairs, though. We had some assistance. Yeah, it's true. Man, uh, this song, there's never been a better title for a song than this song being called Smooth Operator. Right. You know what I mean? It feels exactly right. It is 100% accurate. Um, and whether you feel like you have rhythm or not, when that bass yeah. hits, you have rhythm. You'll find it. You'll 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 bring your own version of what you have. Exactly. It, yeah, it just comes out of you. Uh, by Sade from the 1984 album Diamond Life, written by Sade and Ray St. John. We'll talk a little bit about them in a bit. Uh, this went to number five on the Billboard Hot 100, number one on the Billboard AC or Adult Contemporary chart. Went number five in Canada and on the Hot Black Singles and Hot Dance Club play charts. Uh, two of my personal favorites. <clears throat> um, 
The album Diamond Life reached number two in the UK, uh, sold over a million copies, and won the Brit Award for Best British Album in 1985. It sold four million copies in the US and is the best selling debut ever by a female British vocalist. So, is that still true? That? I saw that it held the record for at least 24 years. Okay. I think somebody knocked it off, but I don't know who. That's true. I, that, that could be, I'm not, honestly, I'm not sure where I pulled that from. So, that could have been. I, I tried to find out who knocked it off, but that I couldn't. Okay. So, but Let's see. It, either way. Oh, maybe Adele. Uh, duh. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Good call. Thanks uh, for helping. Maybe, on. although her debut. Uh, 24 years if ago. If people 14, retroactively, yeah. what was what was her first what was her first debut? It wasn't 19. There was one before that, right? Or Maybe. was it 19? I don't know. I don't know. Anyway. Probably um, Adele. We'll give Adele it's credit. It's probably Adele. Odds are good. We'll, we'll double check that. 35th anniversary of this monster album. Yeah. By the way, happy anniversary, uh, album. Sade. Sade. Still out there doing it. I Sade, know. by the way, is the name of the vocalist and the band. And the band. Right? Yep. So mm-hmm. it's it's the lady. And it's also the general name of the band. And we'll touch on why here in a minute in the Meet the Band section. I got some some reasonings on that. Excellent. Um, the band in general, Sade Collective, uh, has won Grammy Awards for Best New Artist in 1986, beating Aha, Freddie Jackson, Katrina and the Waves, and Julian Lennon. Uh, maybe kind of a down year for new artists. Yeah, That's I not mean, like you're, one of your like... I would say Aha is probably the next... Maybe yeah, I don't even know. You know, they yeah. had the one song really, and that was kind of it. But Sade's mm-hmm. still out there making hits, mm-hmm. winning Grammys recently. Um, they also won for best R and B performance by a duo or group with vocals. Uh, Nineteen ninety three for No Ordinary Love, one of their other big hits. Uh, for two thousand one's Lovers Rock for best pop vocal album, and again for best R and B performance by a duo or group with vocals for two thousand tens Soldier of Love. So yeah, no big deal. Four Grammys in three different decades. That's pretty plus, awesome. Plus five more nominations. No big deal. Just shot it. Um, I do want to explain something that I, I don't think we've ever talked about regarding the Grammys. Okay. okay? We the, do have a friend that works for the Grammys. We do. Shouts out to our friend who well, I don't know if we're allowed to. We shouldn't maybe, maybe not. use her name. But okay. anyway. You uh, know who you are. You know who you be. Um, but the Grammys are always confusing to me because the Grammys classify themselves by the whatever annual Grammys, right? So it's like the 53rd annual Grammy Awards, and, mm-hmm. and that's how you actually look them up and they classify themselves. So so the Grammys would say Sade won for best uh, pop pop duo with the vocals at the, you know, 35th annual Grammy Awards, um, which take place the year after the work comes out. And so depending on how you look them up, and we may have even been, been guilty of this at some point, if you say something happened in 1993, if you say somebody won the 1993 Grammy, uh, what it probably means is that their song or album came out in 1992. Okay, um, yeah. So, it, and and you could there's definitely some crossover where you could say... You could be in the category two years in a row. Yeah. A lot of times that happens. Or, or you, you might say that like, oh, like, for example, I thought Bruce Hornsby won... The best new artist award in 1986, Bruce Hornsby in the with range. range with the way it um, is. But that is they won in 1987. I, I think the actual Grammy award for best new artist went to Sade at the 1987 Grammys, which covered the 1986 best new artist. Okay, I think that's how it works. So what I'm going to try and start doing is listing these things like I did later in that list, for, for saying 
they won for 2010's Soldier of Love. Mm-hmm. So I don't so I don't have to confuse people about what year they actually won the Grammy. I'll just say what they won the Grammy for. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I'm going to try my best to do that because I confuse myself sometimes <laughs> trying to figure out who won what Grammy and what and year. And we know y'all are avid note takers because yeah. you listen to it with your notepad and pen yeah. and you keep a, keep a meticulous record of the things we say yeah. for your collective We know that journal. instead of just looking it up, you're using us to fill in your Grammy spreadsheets. That's right. You're out there... <laughs> You're, you're out there playing Grammy bingo. That's right. We know. We know. You're at um, trivia night, and yeah. you uh, you take your book with you. That's right. And you're like the freaking Robin JP said 86 was Bruce Hornsby, and now you're saying Sade was 86. So what am I supposed to do? Sorry. I apologize. It's the Grammy's fault. I really blame. <laughs> Just name it after the year. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Don't yeah. make yourself a special thing. Yeah. It's the 52nd annual Grammys. That's great. What year was it? <laughs> Thank you. Soapbox over. Um... This 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 song is I don't think we've really covered a song yet that quite feels like this. I thought you were going to say about pimping. About <laughs> about pimping. I don't agree that this song is about a pimp. You don't? No. Cuz okay, cuz no. I do and I would say as a disclaimer, we in no way support pimping, but we do support this baseline and sex part. <laughs> so. Yes, we do. No, I think that, I I think the song is about a uh closer to a gigolo than a pimp. Okay. Explain to me the like so, help me with the A gigolo is going to be uh, I, I, here's what this song is about. Um, I'm almost positive. It's about a guy who lives a lavish lifestyle by taking advantage of wealthy women. Okay. Um, I believe that okay. is the case. Okay. So that he is he's he he finds a woman. He preys on this woman. Gets in with her. Sugar mama takes it. Yes. Okay. Takes advantage of her of her wealth and her resources. Okay. And and then when. Things start to fizzle, or he finds somebody who is more advantageous for for him. He's done with he her. He moves on, okay. yeah, All to right. the next yacht lady. Okay, you know what I mean. I'm I'm pretty sure. I, I've I've read that some people say it's it's about a a, a pimp slash prostitute sort of relationship, or a um, you know, or about a or about a pimp. I, I think it's closer to a um, a guy who uses women. That to have create a, a lifestyle for himself that they has buy nothing his to nice do with suits. They buy his dinners. They right. Yes, he, exactly. He's the tag along. Yes. Okay. Because if you look at the lyrics, she's talking about there's no room for sentiment. He moves for he moves in space with minimum waste and maximum joy. Uh-huh. He just does what he he's out getting pleasure for himself and at the same time living a rich lifestyle. I don't support that either, but I hate that less than the other guy. Right. <laughs> yeah. 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 The guy's still a jerk. Yeah. Right. Uh, but not quite- I mean, he made Sade cry in the video. That's she right. has. Tear. Man, she I has know, a right? tear. Um, by the way, I have something about this video. I know you're usually the guy that's talking the video yeah, for the songs, ahead. but I have something about this video that I can't wait to talk about here in a little bit. So go, I'm, go I'm, with I'm, it. I'm super excited. Um, but this song is, I, I don't think we've covered something that feels like this. Mm-hmm. This has like a Latin jazz feel, mm-hmm. and we've never really gone there before. Uh, it is in uh, the key of D minor, the saddest of all keys. Um, <laughs> And uh, good spinal tap reference there, um, but um, and it is, but it's got this moving uh, syncopated bass line that is typical of sort of Latin, even Brazilian jazz. Samba, yeah, it's a boom, 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 right? That kind of groove. Although the actual groove, for the most part, is a straight ahead four four. What you would call a you know a pop groove is it, your drummer is not going boom. The drums are straight ahead. Mm-hmm. 
it's the bass player. For the most part, it it's funky. the bass player that's driving the yeah. So he's who's he's doing this this walk down boom 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 and pushing those rhythms and it gives it that sort of swaying you know feeling. Um, very cool. It is in a true minor key. It's not minor that resolves to major. Um, and and mostly the the chords on it are. It, it depends on how you like to think of a song in a minor key. So you're it, not going to think relative major here. You're going to give us in minor terms, right? So if you're thinking of this song as truly being in D minor, um, then it would go. It, the, the chords themselves are just D minor for the most part. D minor, uh, uh, A minor, G minor. Okay, that's your your basic set of chords. So if you're thinking of it in numbers, if you're thinking of it in minor, it's one minor, five minor, four, four minor. minor which is how those chords would naturally fall if you were just going down a piano starting on like a um a, an A minor, you know, then then you would go down to the fifth chord and that would be an E minor and then a D minor. They just occur naturally that way if you're in a minor key. Um but if you're thinking about it in a relative major, so if you were going to this song is in D minor, that if you were going to say then we're in the key signature of F, then you would call it a 6 minor, 3 minor, 2, two minor. Um, it's the same thing. It just depends on how your brain likes to, likes to process it, you know? Um, but, um, and those are the, basically the chord structure for the whole song, or at least some combination of those. There's not much else in there chord wise. It's just so smoothly done, uh, that, that you just, you just succumb to the groove. You know, these are not new chords or chords that are so complicated that they blow your mind and you go, wow, listen to those chords. It's that they just fit right, they feel right, and they use them the right way. Um, but let's talk about the bass, the bass lick. Okay. That's one of the first things that draws you into Comes the right song. Out the is, yeah, uh, and I'm going to compare it a little bit in just, just sheer hoof to the bass lick at the beginning of Black Velvet. Okay. That we talked oh, yeah. about, you know, a couple right. seasons ago. Season one. Uh, right? And it's the first thing before the first verse even starts. It's got this bass line that leads you in. Um, same kind of deal here. Let's listen to it one more time, and then I'll tell you what it is, if you care. <laughs> So really interesting baseline. One more time there, because think about the. So it's landing on the one. Okay, it's landing on the D. Um, and so listen to how we get there. It's really interesting. Two, three. Okay. So the opening lick, it, it kind of uses some strange notes to be in the key of D minor. It kind of goes outside the key for a second, just for the sake of being a cool lick. Nobody, nobody's depending on those bass notes yet, right? So as long as we all land together, it doesn't really matter. There's literally nothing else even playing. In the beginning, you can do drums. whatever you want. Yeah. Just land here with exactly. me. Same, same exact thing, really, with the uh, with Black, Black Velvet. Velvet. It goes outside of key, but it doesn't matter yet. Um, so at this point, we, don't even, we haven't even established the key. So it's like notes just floating out in space, and then it lands on this D, and the, the strings and synth come in and tell us, oh, we're in D minor, right? So what it is, is it starts on the flat 7 to a 6, okay, little chromatic moves. So it's flat 7, 6, so it's going to be C, B, okay? And then it goes down to the 4 and the major 3. So it's going to go C, B, G F sharp, which doesn't, which is that doesn't fit, doesn't fit the key either place, major right. or it doesn't fit. Yeah. If you're in uh, F or D minor, correct. no matter how you're thinking, yeah, F sharp is wrong. Uh, and then it goes to the one, 
and then down one more half step to the major seven, which doesn't fit in D minor or F major. Or F. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it's got it's three sets of chromatic half step downs, and two of them don't fit the key. So it's flat seven six, four major three, one major seven, and then back up to land on the one, the mm. D. Okay. So Ba-da, so he can't, he can't use that anymore in the song. Right. Like yeah, after exactly. the intro, you're done with that lick. Yeah, exactly. So enjoy you're, it while you can. Yeah, exactly. Get it in while you're, while you're, you know, it still doesn't matter what key you're in yet. Um, but that's it. Yeah, that's it. It's, so it's, it's easier to break down riffs. And this is just a, something for, if you're listening to something and try and break it down, don't try to learn a whole lick at once. Uh, do it in sections. Do it in sections. And then you'll see patterns emerge. You know what I mean? You'll see that, oh, this is. This is three instances of a note and then the chromatic half step down, right? And then it hops down and goes note, half step down. And then it hops down again and goes note, half step down, and then it resolves. And then it's much easier to think about in those chunks than trying to memorize dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. You know what I'm saying? Then trying to memorize, what is that, seven notes? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Yeah. Then go, it's much easier to think, for me, in a, in, anyway, for me to go da-da-da-da-da-da. You know what I mean? Makes, that was cool. Sense. I like that. It was a good lesson. Hey, thanks. It's a good one. I do my best, um, and it ke- it maintains that sort of Latin flavor throughout. You know, um, which is it's funny because um, it makes you think. It makes you think that this is maybe the flavor of this band, right? Oh yeah, like they're um, a Latin band. Yeah, <laughs> but it, really they're not. They're more in the kind of neo soul category. Uh, you know, they came along. They kind of paved the way, I guess, for bands like the Brand New Heavies, um, you know, kind of that. Actually, there's a there's a cool term for them that we'll talk about in a minute. Um, they kind of have their own niche that they fall into. That's a that's a fun kind of category, like a subgenre. Um, yeah, kind of a, a kind of a subgenre. They're actually uh, classified in Wikipedia as subgenre that we've talked about before. We talked about it at length with Clark Datchler from Johnny Hates Jazz of Sophisti-Pop. Mm-hmm. That's one of the subgenres that they're that they're given. Um, and based on the other other bands who are put in that category, I, just, I never think of them. I would never in there. I would never call other them that. than in this video, the guys are wearing suits. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think I think there's a more accurate subgenre for them, uh, and and we'll get into it um, in just a minute. What do you got on the song? You want to talk about the song, the band? You want to talk about? I can always got? talk about the band. Dude, we can always jump in. Let's do it. Let's meet Sade. Okay. We got to do the uh, other meet the band one on this one. We should do a. I should do a Latin jazz. You know what I'm saying? Mm, hey, let's meet the band. You know something like uh-huh. that. That'd be fun. I think of that. Let's meet the band. <laughs> I do have a bass upstairs. <laughs> hey, let's meet the band. Yeah. Um, Helen Fola Sade yeah. Adu. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we'll just go with Sade. Uh, born in Idabon, Nigeria, but brought up in Essex, England. So she's British Nigerian. You're doing work over there today. You're I doing did, work over there. I did, did, did a little homework there. She's uh, she's the only one I could think of that's British Nigerian. I was trying to think of anybody else. I thought of one other person 
Um, the guy that plays Finn in Star Wars, John Boyega. Is he British Nigerian? He's British Nigerian. He's that's the awesome. only one I could think of. Oh, that's awesome. There's probably others out there. I didn't do that much research, or I didn't <laughs> go looking in, but I'm pretty sure he is. Dude. If not, I just gave him credit for being that. <laughs> so, uh, so there you go, John. Um, she was a fashion designer and a model before becoming a musician. In 1986, she was in a movie called Absolute Beginners. Never saw the movie, but apparently David Bowie was in it. Huh. And the movie flopped. And so did another movie um, that's my father-in-law's probably all-time favorite movie. It's called The Mission with Robert De Niro. He loves that movie. I watched it with him when me and my wife were, my now wife, then girlfriend, were dating. It's okay of a movie. He thinks it's the greatest thing ever. (laughs) But the failure of these two movies led to the collapse of a British film studio called Goldcrest. Oh, wow. So they invested heavily in this Sade movie and this Robert De Niro movie, and they both bombed. Whoops. And so they they closed down. Um, Her middle name... Fola Sade, or sh- we'll just go with uh, that means honor confers a crown. Oh, that was oh. kind of neat. I did look that up. There is one more. Th- there is one more part to her name. Are you gonna okay, get there? go with it. No, she is technically Helen Fola Sade Adu CBE. Oh, okay. And that is Captain of the Order of the British Empire. Boom. So I didn't yeah, know. good she's job. Kind of a big deal. She was Damn. awarded. She is a. She is a. As I understand it, a second level award in that. In that class, okay. So, so like you are given What's above it, you're given the OBE first, which makes you an officer of the Order of the British Empire. Okay, uh, and it was a, an award given her by uh, the Queen uh, for um, contributions to music in, okay. the, in, in the British Empire. And then later, they added basically they leveled her up later to captain. She got promoted. Yeah, uh, that's so awesome. She, she's so important to the contribution of music to the British Empire. That's great. She's captain of the Order of the good British call Empire. On that. CBE. I heard a good quote on her voice. I thought this was really good. I don't remember who said it, but I read it somewhere. Her voice is described as slight ache with no agony. Yes. I thought that was really good. Yes, that is perfect. That's so good. Um, I want myself to be described as that. I know, right? Slight ache with With no no agony. agony. That's just so good. Um, Comparing her to other vocalists, um, I don't know if you did any. I was trying to think of who. The only person that I saw somebody kind of compare to, and that kind of made sense a little bit, is kind of like Billie Holiday. For those of okay. y'all that will know Billie Holiday from... Yeah, pre- it's like true jazz standards yeah. kind of... Uh, we yeah. could, If you want to hear kind of the... I was, so I listened to a bunch of Billie Holiday stuff to see kind of how they compared her, mm-hmm. who she was being compared to. The best I could come up with was probably a song called Summertime. So this yeah. is Billie Holiday, so y'all want to know this one. So kind of a similar feel. I mean, I, I would say Sade maybe has a smoother voice, which is a horrible word to use when you're doing smooth operator, but yeah. maybe a little silkier. I think of that song every time I do laundry. <laughs> I kid you not. Really? Every time I do laundry, because of the way the knobs are on my dryer, it says cotton high, like for yeah. the heat, you know? <laughs> And ev- literally every time I do laundry, I start singing that song. That's Fisher awesome. jumping in the cotton is high. That's awesome. That's hilarious. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people reference Sade as an inspiration. Beyonce, yeah. Aaliyah, Brandy. I mean, obviously they all go by one name. So, I <laughs> mean, that's a, but they, and they're 
I mean, that's that's good company to yeah. say you're a, an inspiration. She rarely does interviews. Like she doesn't. Do, we almost had Sade on here, but she doesn't right. do interviews. Yeah. We were that close, and she's that like, close. "Guys, you know, I don't really do that." And I'm like, <laughs> well, thanks, thanks for talking to us for a minute. So we didn't even have enough to put on the. That's a, that's a lie. All that clarification. Yeah, that is that. A, all that was a lie. Don't hold us to it. I noticed one thing that. So, like you said, she doesn't do a lot of interviews, so she's not out there talking herself up a lot. Mm. But what you get is a lot of people talking about her, mm. like you said, and one thing that artist after artist says about her uh, is that she is always her own woman who always does her music her way without compromise. Um, you know, she's she's not trying to do the newest cool thing. She's Sade, and you can take it or leave it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, even, you know, they'll go, they went, they have multiple stretches of going six, eight years between albums. Um, and I, I did find a couple of interviews with her that I was able to watch. And, uh, you know, she was just like, I just need to live my life. You know what I mean? She's like, I got, I got, I'm not here for y'all. Right. (laughs) Yeah. uh, Yeah. And she said, I can't, she said, I'm not the kind of person that can, um, I have to do whatever I'm doing. I have to do it fully Mm -hmm. and I can't split up the other things. So I can't, not a great multitasker. Yeah. She's, she's like, I can't do, I can't have a, a family and relationships at the same time as, as a music career. Right, so I have to put one on hold while I do the other, and then go back to it. You that's know? cool. So they would take. She knows her her limits. Her, yeah, that's, so they, I respect they, that. They went this album in in eighty five, and then the next album I think was in eighty uh, ninety two, and then I I want to say it was like ninety nine two thousand before they did it again, like big, big chunks gap. of time between. But it's I, pretty cool I, that she stays relevant. Yeah, that, and I mean. she's still like there's still that's been kind of the pattern. You know, they've they've never been a you know, albums two years apart kind of If we took band. seven years off, I know y'all would be begging us to come back, yeah. but to stay relevant, that's amazing. But, and the part. kind of anticipation it builds. Yeah. Think about, um, I have this theory about like the new Star Wars movies uh-huh. that with every new Star Wars release, it makes Star Wars less special. Yeah. Right? Because uh, it's too soon. Like you just did one last Christmas. Yeah. And it's this right? Christmas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so there's, uh, and not, yeah. And so, but but remember if you will, the anticipation in 1999 when Star Wars Episode One came out, yeah. and there had not been a new movie since 1983. Yeah, you know was, what I mean. Yeah, it was right. like, <sighs> and uh-huh. this, you know what I mean. So I think there's something to be said for doing that. You know, mm, now you got to be able to have a label that will let you do that mm-hmm. or be independent, and you have and to be, have the financial stability to wait that long. Yeah, exactly. Like most people couldn't go that long because they'd starve. Yeah. You have to have had enough powerhouseness to get you through to that next Literally next level. the truth, yes. Um, on sax and guitar, um, Stuart Colin Mathewman. Uh, in 1996, he started a band called Sweetback. They're mostly instrumental. I know, I know, Gross. awful name. I know, right? Uh, they sound kind of like spa music. Uh, they're probably their most popular song is a song called Gaze. Y'all could look it up, but it's just basically like, sounds like just background music. G-A-Z-E? G-A-Z-E, okay. yes. Thank you for clearing that just, up. No, that's, yeah, that's good. Um, in 2011, he became a member of the band Twin Danger. Uh, big influence is King Curtis and Isaac Hayes, which Isaac Hayes I wouldn't have felt like would be a big influence on somebody that's an instrumentalist to me because I really don't think Isaac Hayes is a musician. I think of him as his voice. I can't oh, really? Do, I can't do an Isaac Hayes you know, <laughs> shaft or whatever. But I don't really think musically with him. I think vocally with Isaac Hayes personally. Um, he has a son, Clay Matthewman, who's a pretty avid cyclist. Um, on keyboards, Andrew Hale, now a composer. Stuff obviously with Sade. David Sanborn. I'm a big David Sanborn guy. I like him, sax player. Iron and Wine, 
Corinne Bailey Ray. He did oh, some Corinne Bailey Ray. Love stuff. me some Corinne Robert Bailey Ray. Falco. Corinne Bailey Ray's not here without Sade, right? Yeah, I mean, that's yeah. that's, a, that's like a, good, a direct influence. That's good. I like that. Um, Falco, nineteen seventy five. Who I really like, and Matt Kearney. Um, so big, uh, big composer on bass, known as this is a great nickname, and it obviously ties into this song. He's known as the Groove Operator. Ah, oh, oh, good job. That's great. Paul S. Denman. Man, uh, get get yourself get yourself a style and a and a and a, a lick that's so iconic that you, you get, get a your nickname, nickname for it. it. I yeah. thought that was great. Not a whole lot of him out there, um, so I had to do a lot of research. I found a really good article, though, in Bass Player Magazine, um, ironically enough, with him. He said that he really enjoys just being, he quoted himself as being a cog in the machine. Like, he knows his role. He's like, I'm, I'm that guy, and I thought that was great. That is great. He sees himself, as another quote from him, he's a song helper that helps push the song along. Huh. Like, he's like, I'm here to just help make it a little bit better. Sounds like a guy with a with a healthy amount of ego. Yeah. You know what like, I mean? Like, in a I know good way. I make it better, but yeah. I don't have to be the guy. Yeah. Which is awesome. Like most bass players started, I say most bass players because I was this way, started on guitar at age 12, but he liked the cool background look of the bass player. He's like, I like <laughs> the way that guy looks in the back. That's, That's just so, so cool. funny. Um, I wonder what this guy's Enneagram type is. <laughs> yeah. Are you an Enneagram type? I don't know what you're speaking of right okay. now. I Never just laugh, mind. but I don't have a clue what Skip you're speaking it. of. Skip it. Um, he's a really good bass player that can like slap and rock, but the thing he says he does best of is just not get in the way or step on toes. He's just like, I'm really good at that. He's like, I, I know, and he's self-proclaimed at that. He's like, I can rock and he can funk it up, but he is he's really good at staying in, in, his, in his lane. Hmm. Um, I like his work on uh, something called Sweetest Taboo. It's kind of another Brazilian sambo, uh, samba. Gear played a 1979 Music Man Stingray on this, which is the same bass that Bernard Edwards of Chick used. Chic. Chic. Used. Um, it's pretty much the exact same bass. Same color scheme. Like that's a, He's an inspiration for him, so he wanted to be like Bernard Edwards. If you're going to pattern yourself after somebody, he's as good as anybody. Played through a Trace Elliott H350 head with a 1518 cabinet on this. Um, and that's pretty much the band of Sade. Now, they did have a drummer on there by the name of Dave Early who played uh, with Van Morrison and the Chieftains. Uh, percussion on this track, a guy named Martin Ditchman, stuff with Elton John, Tina Turner, Roger Daltrey, Rolling Stones, and everything but the girl who we've mentioned oh, in the past. So. As Sophistapop, I believe. There you go. Yeah, I believe so. They're, there they're categorized as. Uh, percussion is always super important to this kind of sound. You know what I mean? Get some... Some congas in there, some shaker, you know, some wind chimes. It all it all adds to the mystique of the whole thing, um, and that that vibe is so important to this. Did you hear how the band or how Sade kind of got her start? She was a backing vocalist um, and for a band called Pride, mm-hmm. um, and during the Pride shows, she would come out and do a few songs herself. So she was a backing vocalist, but she would come out and do a you know some Sade songs. Well. At the first, so she's like, I'm going to do my own solo thing. The first show that she did when she went solo, uh, they had to turn a thousand people away from the door. Wow. And she gathered such a following. She got so popular. Yeah, she gotten bigger than the actual band she was backing Whoops. for. So there you go. Well, it worked out. And in terms of the way, in Epic, in 1983, she signed with Epic. She okay. did. Um, so she is signed, but the rest of the band were hired as contractors yeah. in 84. So hence the name. The band is Sade, right? But because of her, yes. Same kind of thing we talked about with Bon Jovi. Bon Jovi's the one with the record deal. 
and mm-hmm. and the other guys are contracted. Yep, yeah. exactly. Same thing. Uh, one other neat thing, and then I'll I'll let you touch on some things. But neat story. There's a song called Cherry Pie that she does, not the Warrant song. Sure, but um, <laughs> they when you're first getting started, they didn't have like big mixing equipment. Uh, with, with like automation or anything. So right. everyone had to manually be edited at the same time. Mm. So at one point, like with echo and delay, so the guy that mixed it said at one point, there were six different people standing behind the mixing board, like doing the faders. Turning knobs. Yeah, and turning all knobs stuff. and all that. So. Yeah, that's there's a fascinating stuff to watch. If you watch old studio footage of of, of uh, records being mixed, it's an entirely different ballgame than it is today. Today, one person can sit behind a computer and automate all the movement, you know, all the effects, everything to the nth degree. And I mean, when I tell you to the nth degree, literally anything you can possibly imagine about an effect, you can automate. And uh, I mean, it's insane. But yeah, people used to have to just do it by hand and they used to have to just guess, get, get close, get one pass where it was right. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Or close enough. Yep. And uh, so I remember- that's the keeper. <laughs> exactly. Yes. You don't like, have a that's the keeper anymore. You have a yeah, we can tweak it. We do it till it's right. We that's can right. tweak it. Till yeah. It's... Exactly. But it used to have to be all right. Let's you know. Let's try and get this pass right. And you had to you had to perform a mix. It was really uh, mixing was its own performance mm-hmm. that you had to uh, that you had to get right. It's amazing stuff. I was I remember watching a thing on uh, the recording of Dark Side of the Moon. Okay. And, and how they were having to really massage things to be able to perform the mixes because there was so much. Going on, a lot with, happening. Yeah, yeah, effects and and sounds and stuff like that. Uh, it's really fascinating to go back and watch some of that stuff. Um, I'll go ahead and hit the other writer. Of yeah, this song, Ray St. John. Waller. I didn't do any homework on him. So. so, well, there's not much to be done. There's really not much on him out there, other than he co-wrote this uh, while he was in the band Pride mm-hmm. with Sade, and uh, he founded another band called Halo James, which maybe our UK listeners might recall. They had one album that I think made a little bit of noise, based on what I can see. Um, but if you don't know him from Halo James, there's, I mean, I don't, there's not much else. He wrote something for Snoop Dogg in 2004, and that's about all I can find. Um, you know, most of his, if you look on like discogs.com.org, whatever it is, uh, I think it's .com, uh, and it shows people's like credits and stuff like that. His, he's got loads of, loads of credits, but it's all Smooth Operator. Okay. It's all somebody's version of Smooth Operator, uh-huh. some re-release, some, you know, whatever. Um, so that kind Which of carries the power of this song. This guy made a living off this yeah, song. Heck yeah. Still, still so okay. That's about all I could find on, on uh, Raymond St. John. Um, so I, I want to talk about this Sophistapop classification because I think this one, um, I think in this case, Sophistapop, whether or not you agree, if you listen to our Clark Datchler interview, um, whether you agree with, with something being called that or not, uh, I don't agree that this is that, right? I don't agree. Um, but... I think I think this one gets covered fairly well by a term that I'd not yet heard a sub a classification that I'd not yet heard that is a broader classification that is not um, new right like okay so sophistapop is a new subgenre that we are now retroactively calling things sophistapop okay this became a term at the time and I've just never heard it before uh, but this is classified uh, by many as quiet storm. You ever heard "Quiet Storm" as a genre, as a subgenre? That feels like a radio show. I think is that Delilah's it thing. It was. Or? It was a radio show, and this is this or is the story John of John Tesh or somebody. Quiet Storm. Uh, Melvin Lindsay 
okay. uh, who was a student at Howard University with his classmate Jack Schuler, uh, began as disc jockeys. This is from Wikipedia, by the way, I'm quoting. Um, began as disc jockeys for WHUR in June 1976, performing as stand-ins for an absentee employee. Lindsay's on-air voice was silky smooth, and the music selections were initially old, slow, romantic songs from black artists of the 1950s, 60s, and 70s, a form of easy listening, which Lindsay called, quote, beautiful black music for African Americans. Um, the response from listeners was positive, and WHUR station manager Kathy Hughes soon gave Lindsay and Schuler their own show. The name of the show came from the Smokey Robinson song, Quiet Storm from his 1975 album of the same name. The song uh, developed into Lindsay's theme music, which introduced his time slot every night, and The Quiet Storm was four hours of melodically soulful music that provided an intimate, laid-back mood for late-night listening, and that was the key to its tremendous appeal among adult audiences. The format was an immediate success, becoming so popular that, when a, that within a few years, virtually every station in the U.S. with a core black urban listenership adopted a similar format for its graveyard shift. Uh, in other words, it's, it's music for the Saturday Night Live ladies' man sketches. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Oh, Tim Meadows. It's that's good. I it's forgot that. about that. It's the lady. <laughs> you know, it's that music. That's good. Okay? Yeah. Um, <laughs> it is, uh, yeah. It's, have you ever seen the movie Airheads? Yes, I love okay. that movie. Adam Sandler yeah. and uh, Brandon Frazier. Brandon Frazier. Brandon Fra- yeah, Michael Steve McKeon. B- Steve Buscemi. Yeah, great cast. Great movie. Right? Okay, great cast. And so there's 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 one guy who works there, black dude. He's got a big afro, um, and he's got the smooth voice, right? And he was the dude. He would be your quiet storm DJ. Okay, uh-huh. it's that kind of it's that kind of stuff. Uh, and I think that that fits this perfectly. I yeah, think that's, that's good. that is a correct subcategorization of of Sade. I think, and I think Neo Soul would be another. But this song in particular, I think Quiet Storm fits that's good. really well. Um, okay. I want to talk a little bit about, I know this is usually your thing, but I want to talk about the video. Roll it. Because the video is nothing special, okay? It shows Sade's face a lot. and She's, she's singing. She's Lounge pretty. Singer. She's singing. And she is in the video, if the video is following the, um, following the story of the song, and I, I believe it is, she is the lady who the smooth operator, let's call him Dylan, I don't know. It's a good um, smooth operator name. Is it? I don't think it really is. Maybe not. Um, let's go with Mitch. Uh, maybe, I don't know. What do you think? You guys let us know. What should the name of the smooth operator be? Who's the, who's the guy that done you wrong? Modern day, it would be a Kyle, I feel like. Oh, yeah, maybe a Kyle. Sorry to all the Kyles out there. Uh, but yeah, you're kind of douchey. Um, (laughs) (laughs) no, uh, so whatever the name of the smooth operator is, okay? Um, he, uh, she is playing the part of the woman who is being moved on from. Okay, so she has been in in relationship with the smooth operator, and now he is finding himself a new love interest, and he is about to leave her, which is why she's crying at the end. Okay, literally, I think that at the end of the video, the guy's back is to the camera, but he he walks up to the to the other woman and literally like points at her like I choose you. I literally <laughs> think that's why he's like I'm going with you, and then they leave together. Like it's it's funny. It's a little bit on the nose, but um, but. Anyway, all that to say, and they use the same shot, what I think is the same shot of Sade several times where it's just like, it's only her face. It's not while she's singing. It's like she, while she's trying to investigate and find out if this dude is cheating on her. Um, 
and she, and they're like looking at a slideshow or something, and it just goes to this what I swear is the same shot of her like five times, and it's not it's nothing in particular. It's just her kind of looking concerned and you think like, they needed to fill the video. Yeah, they're like they, we only have they ran two minutes of footage. footage, and we need three minutes and twenty eight seconds. So yes. let's keep using the same shot a picture. Yes, but so all that to say, the video is nothing special. Mm-hmm. Okay, but I popped huge for this video for two reasons. Okay, there are are two personally important to me superhero connections okay in this video all right number one the waitress slash new love interest okay. for the smooth operator okay so he's he's at a they're at a jazz club basically and he's sitting at a table with a couple other guys and the the server is his new lady that he's digging now right and he's about to leave Sade for um the the waitress slash server slash love affair participant in the video is actress Amanda Pays, um, who has played a character named Dr. Tina McGee on both incarnations of the Flash TV show. Okay. Um, originally part of Star Labs in the comic book and the 1990 show in which John Wesley Shipp played the Flash. Um, and now she's a part of Mercury Labs in the 2014 show in which Grant Gustin plays the Flash and John. So she's in both. She's in both as the same character. Oh, cool! A, as a continuation, and John Wesley Shipp. If you've never seen the new Flash show, you know you don't care. But the Flash people they throw all these Easter eggs in. John Wesley Shipp, who played the original Flash, plays the Flash's dad. Oh, in neat! The new one. It's oh, a very cool. cool. There's lots of cool like you know that. things like that. So, um, so I was a fan of both, and um, so to see her in the video was was cool for me it's 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 all kind of a bit part nobody's very important in this video except Sade right <laughs> and so and okay so here's the second thing that this one i mean this one really popped me big time and this guy it's a bit part i mean it's a it is a insignificant if it weren't for the guy's sunglasses i might not have even noticed him okay but one of the guys sitting at the table with Kyle um <laughs> our smooth operator uh, sitting to his right is a guy wearing some shiny aviators, and I recognized him immediately, and I got so excited because I, I was like, oh my gosh, is that dude. Um, he, okay, he's one of my all-time favorite bit part characters. Um, he plays the Air Force One pilot in the original 1978 Superman movie. Oh, wow. Uh, and his name is Frank Lazarus. Okay. Um he literally doesn't even have a photo on his IMDb bio page. Um, like he's not been a movie actor. He's been more of a stage actor, uh-huh. but I knew he was a British actor. Um, and I, I knew him immediately from seeing, from having seen that movie so many times, you know what I'm saying? Uh, in this video, he weirdly kind of looks like Daniel Craig. Okay. Like you could go, is that Daniel Craig's dad? That kind of thing. You know what I mean? Um, but anyway, his, his only dialogue in the Superman movie, is in a scene where Superman, he stabilizes Air Force One as it, like it blows an engine as it's coming into Metropolis. And uh, he sees Superman out the cockpit window holding up half the plane with one hand as they fly. And the co-pilot asks him what happened. And he says with this overdubbed voice, he says, fly. Don't look, just fly. We got something. I ain't saying what it is. Just trust me. 
<laughs> right? And it's this super overdubbed voice, and I love the look of his face, and I don't know. They they said in the Richard Donner uh, commentary for that movie, which of course I've watched, that he was British, and his American accent just didn't really cut it, so they, so they dubbed over him, and I love his part so much. And the best part, the best part is that when I went and fired up the, the Superman 1978 extended cut to verify his dialogue, I it was literally queued up to that exact moment. Oh, so I hit play, and it was there, and that is where it started. That's awesome. The literal first line of dialogue that I saw was the co-pilot asking him, "What happened?" That's and then his funny. reaction that I just Dude, quoted. That's so great, dude! Like that's the nerdiest thing that I could possibly have <laughs> revealed about myself just now. But man, I popped for that. It was so good. We don't go deep on the easy to find research, but this stuff, <laughs> yeah. we know it. Frank Lazarus. <laughs> awesome good man call. um i know you wanted to touch on the lyric a little bit yeah T- touch base on that which okay so I, I don't have much more so in general i think the lyric on this song is great okay i like that it's um it's just little it's phrases that aren't connected right it's diamond life Space. And then space. And then another phrase that has nothing to do with that. You know what I'm saying? But they all paint a picture mm-hmm. of this guy, and they all feel like what the song is saying. You know what I'm saying? It's all um, jet set champagne lifestyles of the rich and famous language. Um, and and so it's a couple of lines and then a third line that sort of ties those together. But it's not like um, – There one... was a man named Kyle, and he came exactly. into a restaurant. Yes. And he, yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's just descriptors. It's like each line is a descriptor of this guy and his life and what he's doing. Um, and and it's like that thing where <laughs> you ever been at like a, a a corporate thing or a church thing where somebody's had they they're painting something with a paintbrush and they're like one stroke here in the corner and here's a dash of red and then here's you know here's a circle and then at the end they like turn it upside down yeah yeah, yeah you it. know that kind of thing or uh-huh. you know and th- <laughs> that kind of it's like that right it's yeah. like okay if you took that line by itself it might not make any sense uh-huh. you know he moves uh what's what's the line um he moves in space with minimum waste and maximum joy. First time I heard it for years, I thought it was moved in space with minimum wage. <laughs> I was like, I don't understand. Yeah. Uh, which, by the way, they said that that became kind of a maxim for the band. That's like their mission statement is we move in space with minimum waste and maximum joy. That's good. And I think that is perfect That's for good. this kind of band that it's just like, like I love to watch bands like this perform or performers uh-huh. yeah. like this because it's like they're just so wrapped up in the music mm-hmm. and it's it's – I am living so much in this moment right here. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And you can go if you want. We're going to play. Care. We're going to enjoy our set. Yeah. If you want to listen, that's great. If and not, we're going to have the best time. These, and we're going to bring it. These bands are the coolest. Uh-huh. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, yeah. there are bands that are awesome, and there, there, there are acts like this that are just cool mm-hmm. in the truest Miles Davis kind of sense. Yeah. These guys are cool. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so I think in general, the lyric is very good. You know what I mean? Um, but I did find a thing on this that um, one particular line in this was included, uh, was named number one, ranked number one by Spinner.com on their 20 worst lyrics of all time <laughs> list. Um, 
And that would be the line. But it's one of the iconic lines from the song. Play Let's play it. I'll just play it for you and then see what you think. You said you'd never even never I didn't even, even notice. I've really thought it about it a thousand times. There it is. Coast to coast, L.A. <laughs> to Chicago. Chicago? Everybody's geography major the shining through here. Coast of Lake Michigan, maybe? <laughs> is that the one? I don't know. Um, yeah, so, th- so that For line- those of y'all that aren't uh, completely familiar with the United States map, because yeah. we have a lot of people outside the United States sure. that listen to us, Chicago is not on the coast. Right. So there you go. Chicago is, is in what we would call the Midwest. Yeah. Um, and it is, it is, you know, nowhere near a coast, right? It is, it is coastal in that it touches one of the great lakes, uh-huh. but not, you know, a, uh, the Atlantic or Pacific coast. Um, okay. So I've got, I've got the top 10 of the top 20. Okay. Um, so, but do you have any just lyrics that you think, oh my gosh, that's the worst thing I've ever heard. Yeah. Yesterday you told me that you were going to do something similar. So I tried to jot down some that I could think of. The one that popped in my head originally that I think is an awful lyric is from LFO, the Summer Girls song. Okay. New kids on the block had a bunch of hits. Yep. Chinese food makes me sick. <laughs> so I don't know what that has to do with anything. Uh. And so then I'm thinking, what's ones that – and so I thought of one that <laughs> – I can't believe you pulled that lyric out. That's yeah, amazing. That I love the, that. That was the random one that I could think. I got three that I tried to jot down. Um, the song that I really like – that I think is grammatically horrible. The I don't want to wait. The Paula Cole song, uh-huh. the from the Dawson's Creek song. Yeah. It says, "Say a little prayer for I." For I, yeah, yeah. I don't like that. I don't yeah. think that's grammatically smart. No. Nope. And then there's one that at the time I thought this is a brilliant lyric, but it's an artist that we love, and I love this song. But the, every time, the more I sing it, I'm like, it's kind of an awful lyric. It's from "Why Can't This Be Love" by Van Halen. Okay. Okay. You know the. Only time will tell if we'll stand, we'll stand the, the test of time. Yeah. I thought that. I used to think, oh, that's so good. Yeah. And now I'm like, oh, that's so bad. <laughs> so those are the only three I could really think I haven't, of. I haven't turned on that line yet. I still love it. You like it. it? The more I, I sing it, it's, 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 it's starting to wear on me that I feel like it's lazy. Yeah. Like I used to think it was so brilliant. Yeah. And now I'm like, they went the weak way. I think that's what some of these, some of the ones that are on okay. this list okay. are on this list for that same kind of reason. Okay. Right. It's like initially it might have sounded catchy, but on, upon further inspection, you go, what? Well, I'm so, sure there's some on here that I would have, if I'd have looked up the list, I'd have been like, oh, yeah, that's a good right. one. So I'm anxious yeah. to hear them. I was trying to think if you could replace Coast to Coast, L.A. to Manhattan, even though that's not really. I would go Miami. You know, L.A. to Miami. Oh, but that, I would say it Miami. Me, yeah, that would have fit stylistically yep. very well. Uh-huh. Very well. Miami would have been best choice. Nobody ever goes like Maine. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> like, well, truly, if you're yeah, going cross country. country to the max, right? Yeah. You go like you know, L.A., San Diego, whatever to to Maine. I wish Zimbabwe was on the coast <laughs> of America. Zimbabwe, because that sings yeah. good. But too uh, anyway, um, let's see. What was the uh, okay? If I can pull this off, what is it from uh, Carmen San Diego? She moved from Nashville, Nashville to Norway, and to Zimbabwe, Chicago, to Czechoslovakia, and back. Boom! Yeah. And I don't know what the, in Pakistan the one... and something then in Scandinavia. Oh, you've got them oh, all. Oh, man. I just know the bridge. <laughs> just give me the where, bridge. Y'all don't even know about don't where know the, in the world is Carmen Sandiego. The game show. What the a show. The game show. It what was so cool. So anyway. good. And there was a, did you have the video game? 
the and computer the computer game we had it at computer school. video game yeah. yeah we too I love that game it was amazing man we're old good yeah. call I like that <laughs> anyway so this here's the top ten uh, spinner dot com worst lyrics of all time number ten uh, I'm all out of faith this is how I feel from Natty oh, Lane yeah. is torn yeah it's like um, they had little descriptions of uh, on, a, the, on all these two that I didn't that I didn't pull out okay. But, um, it was basically like you just told us how you feel. Uh-huh. You don't have to explain. This is how you feel. Obviously, this is how you feel because you're saying okay. it. You know what I mean? Um, let's see. <laughs> now you're amazed by the VIP posse stepping so hard like a German Nazi from <laughs> Vanilla Ice's "Play That Funky Music." Oh, man. Yeah, they're I like never pulled that one out. They're like not like those, you know. Uh, <laughs> You know, Nazis from Greenland or uh, whatever. No, like German Nazis. Plus the fact that you just pulled Nazi into your lyric exactly. like it's no big deal. Stepping so hard like a German Nazi. It's just not uncomfortable. A, not a great look. The ice. No. Um, number eight from Shania Twain's Honey, I'm Home. My panty line shows. Got a run in my hose. My hair went flat. Man, I hate that. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, number seven, Save the Day. Saves the Day. Do you know this band? I know the band. Okay, Saves the Day's song, See You. Uh, I don't think that I've got the stomach to stomach calling you today. Yeah, Sa- that's the same kind of thing as, that's the, not awful. as the only time will tell if we stand yeah, the test of time, right? I don't think I've got the stomach to stomach calling you today. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> for Michael Jackson's Bad, Your Butt is Mine. <laughs> okay. Um, your butt is mine. Uh, let's see. Oh, here's uh, our boy, Paul McCartney. From live and let die, but if this ever changing world in, in which, which we we're... live in, right? Oh, makes, yeah. It's the in which it's the preposition. Yeah, it's in which we live. Not in grammatically is correct. Bad English. Um, oh man, I just thought of another one. I mean, I doubt it'll be on the list. What's the killer song? The Are We Human or Are We Dancer? <laughs> it's, yeah. Anyway, I don't think I know that song. I Human? Yeah. I need to listen to more killers. Or are we? Man, they're good. You like I, Brandon I Flowers? I love Brandon Flowers. Dude, killers. I just need to listen to more killers. Um, how about Young, Black, and Famous with Money Hanging Out the Anus? <laughs> <laughs> That's from Puff Daddy and Mace. Can't nobody hold me down. That's good. Oh, uh, man. Uh, how about from Madonna's <laughs> I Love New York? Uh, I don't like cities, but I like New York. Other places make me feel like a dork. Eh. Yeah, whatever. I mean, okay. Uh, number two from Culture Club's War Song. War is stupid and people are stupid. Apparently. Okay. Yeah. War is stupid and people are stupid. <laughs> and number one uh, on this list, coast to coast, LA to Chicago. Okay. So, wow. Yeah. My, I, I was thinking of this and I asked a friend, I was just like, you got any off the top of your head? And his was, he hates Coldplay and I really like Coldplay. Uh-huh. They have a, the song Fix You. Uh-huh. It's the light will guide you home yeah. and ignite your bones. He's like, that's awful. Like, it just sets you on fire. It set you on like, fire. That's a, that's a cool song, though. So I didn't, want, I didn't want to put Coldplay on my list of hatred because I like them. Okay. All right. Cool. This is a fun episode. Hey, yeah, absolutely. Um, smooth episode. It was pretty smooth. Uh, I did find one other thing that is always makes me sad to hear a little bit. Um, I, I kind of understand it, I guess. But this was in a 19, it would have been, I think, 99-2000 interview um, with uh, with Sade for when they were releasing the new album that was coming out at that time uh, and the name of which escapes me. Um, something about love, I believe, and I can't remember the rest. Anyway, um, but uh, Sade, the woman, uh, more than hinted that she's kind of over smooth operator. Oh, no. And, oh. and that was... 
18, 19 years ago okay. at this point. So, um, you know, that she was like, she's come back around she to said, it or is she maybe up? she said she's grateful for it, but she's like, had it up to here. You know what I mean? Like she's done with it. You know, mm-hmm. that uh, it always makes me a little sad when an artist gets tired of, of their hit, one of their songs that people love. You know what I mean? The, the songs that'll make somebody buy a $40 ticket to come see you. Mm-hmm. I don't want to know that you're begrudgingly playing it. Yeah, I don't want to know that you would just rather not. Were you be doing, doing a bridged version of it just uh, to appease the crowd? Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. yeah. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's totally different if you like it and you're like, I'm going to put that back to one of our favorite office, uh, artists, uh, Bruce Hornsby. Huge uh-huh. Hornsby fan. Never does the same song twice the same way. Right, yeah. So, like, I don't think he has a problem with the way it is, but you're not going to hear it the way you hear it on the album. Correct. So, I don't have a problem with that yeah. at all, because I think right. that's Right, as long as you know that going in, yeah. you, then you won't if you're be prepared. disappointed. Now, if you go in, yeah, if you go to a Bruce Hornsby concert expecting to hear the songs like they were on the album, you are <laughs> sadly out of luck. <laughs> yes. And that is not going to happen yeah. at all, ever. Um but yeah, so that always makes me sad to hear, you know, like, uh, you know, I don't know, you know. Journey's tired of playing faithfully or yeah, something like that. Yeah, right, yeah. Well, I guess we'll play it because you're here. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? No, I want you to be like, I I want you to be like, you. don't stop believing. That's, don't you're you right. dare I don't want to stop believing. Yeah. Um, anyway, man, that's fun. Smooth Operator, such a good song. So it just makes me want to join a dance class. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just want to. I just want to just just move sway to to the feeling of my soul in the wind, you know. Maybe is that a maybe take song? advantage of some rich ladies. <laughs> I, I don't know. Color, yes, colors of the wind. I want, yes, I want to paint with all the colors of the wind. I feel like Sade, Sade could play the part of Pocahontas in a sing along version. She, she the live ha- action. She has that sort of look. That makes her not immediately identifiable mm-hmm. uh, as far as ethnicity, you don't know what she, right. Yeah. You go like I have no idea what your background is. You're a gorgeous person, and that's yeah. all I know. Yeah, um, model, fashion designer. You yeah, go be exactly. Pocahontas, casual model, fashion designer, acclaimed songwriter. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, uh, actress who took down a whole company. No yeah. big deal. <laughs> yeah. No big deal. Exactly. So, <laughs> all right, uh, you guys. Thanks so much for listening, sticking around with us. Uh, be go sure watch to f- the mission, everybody. Yeah, go watch the mission. Maybe Robert we can revive that company. Um, and maybe bring them, bring them back, you know? I don't know. Um, find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash groups slash great song pod, or just search for great songs and the great people who love them greatly, and you'll find our Facebook group there. You can also hit us up at Twitter and Instagram at great song pod, or as always at greatsongpodcast.com. You can hit the archives, go back and find some old episodes that you're sure to love, get yourself a t shirt, all those things. Uh, let us know how we're doing, what episodes you're digging, and why. And uh, what you'd like to hear some of coming up in the coming 10 years or so that we're going to be doing this together. <laughs> um, until then, we can't wait to see you. We got something great for you next week. Oh, Halloween's around the corner, everybody. Woo-hoo! Spooky, insert spooky music. We got a, a Halloween treat for you. Oh, yeah. We'll see you next week. Until then, I'm Rob. I'm JP. Go listen to some music. <laughs>